your seat where you've always sat, then you're going to need to start getting to church early because folks are going to come and sit in your seat. Park in your parking place. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited, folks, about what God's doing. Let me say this. I appreciate all of y'all praying for us as we went on our trip that we had to go on. Uh, God gave us a good trip, a good safe trip. Uh, matter of fact, going out there last Monday, we didn't even see but one police car anywhere at any town or on the interstate. One, the whole way. Never, We never witnessed anything that looked like an accident going or coming. And one time coming back in Monroe, Louisiana, I had to get on my brakes just a little bit hard one time because I think it uh, was one of those Duck Dynasty boys was driving right in front of me and he didn't know how to drive. I don't know if it was Willie or Jace or whoever it was. Anyway, we had a, had a good trip there and back, was able to minister to my sister and minister to the pastor of the church out there uh, in uh, Toledo Bend, Texas, and it was just a, a real good trip, good prosperous trip. We just hated missing being here. That, that was the big thing. All right, open your Bible this morning to Psalms 115 again. We're going to go there and look. Psalms 115, verses 14 and 15. Psalms 115, verses 14 and 15. We're talking about the year of increase. And in case you haven't heard me say this, several weeks ago, as I was in my outdoor study, uh, hanging up on a tree down in the woods, praying for a deer to come along, and that prayer never got answered yet, well, I'm going to tell you it did get answered too because I had a fellow to bring me six hind quarters and six back straps out of the deer already boned out and ready to use. Uh, brought that to me Friday, so that prayer didn't go in vain, you know. So anyhow, you don't have to always be the one to do the shooting to get the fruit of the harvest. So <laughs> we thank God for that. Anyway, God spoke to me that 2018 would be the year of increase. So I look a lot at numbers, and you, you know, 2017, the number 17 represents complete victory over the enemy. And uh, so we talked about the year of faith. I looked up the number 18, and it means to be in bondage. And I said, Lord, I don't want to be in bondage. So what do we do? And he said, the year of increase. How many of you know if you increase in the things of God, you come out of bondage? Do you realize that? The children of Israel, you've heard me say this a lot, when they were in Egypt, they did not have enough supply for what they needed. They were underfed, they were undernourished, they were overworked, and they even had to go out and get what they had to work with, but still was required to get everything done that they needed to do. And I was thinking about, J.J., just, just suppose if your company were to say to you, you're going to get this job done. You're going to get it on time. But you're going to go to the shop and you're going to make all the duck and you're going to do all the measuring. and you're going to let all out. You're going to cut it all. You're going to do all that yourself and you're going to bring it here and put it together. That would be sort of a chore, wouldn't it? Of course, it would probably fit better, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, but, but you see what I'm saying? That, that's what they do. But when God brought them out, He increased them from not enough to just enough. Because they had everything they needed in the wilderness, but it was just enough. If it went over, then it spoiled. But then when he brought them into the promised land, he increased them yet more because there they had more than enough. That's what 
the term a land flowing with milk and honey means. It means it's more than enough, more than what you need. So they had this in the promised land. Now, now folks, understand this. The promised land there, we've, always, we've thought it for years and traditionalized it that that was heaven. But that's not representing heaven. That's representing the Christian life. See, when I crossed over Jordan, I crossed out of sin into righteousness. Because if you study and see, when they were in the promised land, they still had to fight giants. As a matter of fact, there were some 37 kings that had strongholds in the land of promise that they had to drive out and get rid of before they could possess that land. And sad history is they didn't get rid of all of them like they were supposed to. So we still, they, we still see them suffer today on account of that. But, but what I'm saying is this. Our Christian life needs to come to the point to where we come higher with Him, we allow Him to increase us to where we get to the place to where that we have more than enough in every area of our life. And see, Paul said in 2 Corinthians that the reason that we give is so that we have enough then that we are, that we are sufficient, that we're taken care of, and then that we're able to give to every good work. So understand this, folks. Everything that God made, our, our song, our, with life in it, He made it to increase. Now let's read our, our, song, our text here in Psalms 1. 15, verse 14, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. I like that. Because, you know, he gave another promise about to you and your children. And that was over in the book of Acts whenever Peter was preaching that day about the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he said that this is to you and to your children and your children's children and to all that are far off, talking about the baptism and empowerment with the Holy Spirit. So see, the things of God are not just for me. They're for my children. They're for my grandchildren. And, and they're for you. They're for, for people that are, that are distant from here and people that will come after us. The things of God are always for God's people in all ages and in all time. And he said then that, that you are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Now, I want to encourage you this week, I want to challenge you to meditate on that term which made heaven and earth. And think about that. Think about all the magnitude that that involves. All of it that, think about, you know, and if you just think about all on the earth. And if you can get past that, then begin to dwell on all of this universe. Everything that He made. And listen, this God that made all of this, our God, is the one that he's saying here that he will bless you. Amen? Now, I want you all to come along with me. Don't, now, you all know how I am, you all. This ain't nothing new to you. Everything that God made, he made it to increase. So, you're made of God. Let me tell you, you're made of God to begin with because you're people, flesh and blood, that God made Adam, flesh and blood. And so, we're people because of that. And then not only are we made people, but when we were born again, we were made alive in the Spirit. And our spirit man then was recreated in the image of Christ Jesus. The spirit man, this part in me, the part that got born again, was recreated in the image of Christ Jesus. Everything that God made with life in it, He made it to increase. Now, this earth 
as far as the dirt goes and the rocks and those things, they do not have life in them in themselves because they don't multiply. But everything, everything, everybody say everything, that God made is to, is to increase. In Genesis chapter 1, we're going to go back here and look at some things. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 20, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that fly above the earth and the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them. Listen to this. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the fowls multiply in the earth. Then, when we come on down, we see that all animals, in, in verse 24, and God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle, and, cre- and creeping things, and the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Then, in Genesis chapter 8, verse 17, he said to the animals that came off the ark, Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. So we see that God not only intended for the fish to see to multiply. That's encouraging, isn't it, Brother Gary? Think about those fish. God's already commanded those fish down there at Smith Lake and at Lake Tacoma to multiply, just so folks like me and you can catch them. Amen. They're to increase. See, multiply means increase. So uh, he, he made them to increase, and then all the everything that walks on the earth, every cattle, every beast of the field, everything... God said to increase and cover the earth. The, the fowls are there to increase and cover the earth. So we see here then that everything that God made in the plant world or in the animal world and in the fish world, and, and that it was made to increase. Well, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man his own unto them, be fruitful, and created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Then in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, And God said, God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Then on down in, in chapter 9, verse 7, And you, be fruitful, and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth, and multiply therein. All of these things have to do with increase. Now, you know, uh, and, and, and the thing about it is, none of these that I just mentioned, Anywhere do they have to be taught to increase. They just do naturally. That's the reason there's so many stray cats. 
stray dogs. So many squirrels in my backyard. And my goodness, it seems like they get more every year. we got two pecan trees, and they get more of the pecans than we do. Matter of fact, if Loretta don't get out there early and start picking them up, we're hard to get any off of the pecan tree. And because they increase. They increase. Everybody say increase. People. People increase. And I'm not trying to be out of the way, but you don't have to teach people how to increase. They do it. Right? I mean, it's just natural. And uh, so they increase. So in the natural realm, we see that everything that God made, He made it to increase, to multiply. And, And so then, as we said earlier, you and I are now, even though we live in this body, we are spirit beings. In us is spirit. Because you know, when you got born again and, and all things became new, your body didn't change. Well, some did. Uh, some quit running around being wild and they got fat. And others that were fat quit running around being wild and got skinny. I don't know which one of those I happened to me. <laughs> I'm ready to give up, quit running around being wild so I can get skinny again. No, I'm just... <laughs> but our spirit man, in the spirit, you and I are designed to increase. See this word multiply that we used a lot in, in, in these, it, it means to increase in whatever respect. So God has made us to increase. Increase that we're to increase spiritually, first of all. We're to increase Socially, and that has to do with our, our, our circle, our, our family, and our friends. And when I, it reminds you this, when I say increase in our family, I, I'm not saying that, that, you know, unless this is what you, you and yours want to do, is to pray to have more children. You know, that's up to you. Uh, I, I don't govern that, y'all. Aren't you glad? But it's a number. But not, it's not necessarily a number unless you want to increase in number. Okay? But when I talk about this, I'm talking about the joy and the happiness that there can be in a family when there's peace and harmony and this family is increasing in the things of God. The the joy that there is there in that. And and you see, we have joy in our home and I want everybody to have joy in their home. And, And so you can increase in joy. Everybody say, the year of increase is for me. Now, there's some words in the Bible that speaks about increase that that carries the thought of increase now we done talked about one this word multiply is to increase in whatever respect in the natural and in the physical in the spiritual in the mental in the realm of finances in the realm of peace anything that you and i need as god's people god's designed it that you and i should increase now there's another word that i like to talk about as far as this goes and that's the word abundance Abundance. Now, in Psalms 37, verse 11, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The meek shall inherit the earth. Now, that's us. And, and there's a whole lot of preaching to go on in the first part of that verse. But I want to come down to the last part of that. It says, And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace, or the increase of peace. Here, the word abundance means to be increased. It means a huge amount, a great amount. 
Now, there's something that you and I need in this day and time. Why, why are the psychiatrists and psycho, psychologists' offices full and backed up? Why is it that the drug industry is making so much money off of things to calm people's nerves, to soothe them down, to get them through the day, to help them? Why is that? Why is it that, that they're just getting rich over things to make people sleep at night and, and to take away all the problems and for a little while to escape from all of these things so that I can rest? Let me tell you why. It's because that we have an absence of peace individually and in our country and in the world. So much turmoil. There's always somebody stirring up and agitating something and that can even happen in our home, right? But God said this. He said to those that are meek. Now, what's a meek person? A meek person is not somebody that lays down and gets walked on by everybody, okay? But a meek person is someone that is totally submitted to God and believe in God to take care of them in every situation. They're meek. They show forth love. They're willing to, to forgive. They're willing to, to love their neighbor. They're willing to help out. And he said, these shall get something. And he said, I will bring into them the abundance of peace, more than you could ever think about or more than you could ever imagine. See, now the word peace here, we've talked about this at times before, but the word peace here, listen to this, means completeness. It means soundness in body. Anybody interested in soundness in body? I'm sure you are. You know, if, you're, if your body gets sound and you begin to enjoy health, and that's another definition of this word uh, peace here you and you begin to enjoy health do you know if just the christian people could get to the point of doing this do you know we could change the medical industry in america we could change the insurance industry in america how's that well because if nobody using it then the prices would have to come down so they could sell it y'all don't agree with me on that huh but he said, increase, increase. As you go through this time, as you look to him, he'll increase soundness in body. Increase your health. Increase your contentment. See, a lot of folks has trouble with that right there because it seems like that we're not content with anything and that's the reason we get so much stuff. Trying to get content. We get tied up in so many things. You know, I was thinking the other day uh, about where Jesus said, or Paul said, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God and set, and set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. That's in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Set your affection, your mind, your thoughts, your compassions on things above, not on things on the earth. And, and I was thinking about a term I heard one time that said that if we don't watch it, we'll get so heavenly-minded, we're of no earthly good. I don't think we've got that problem. I think our problem is that we have become so worldly-minded, we're of no heavenly benefit. Now, we neither say, oh, me, or Amen. But whenever, whenever things of this world takes up more of our life, our time, and our discussion, 
than the Word of God and worshiping the Lord and growing in faith, then folks, we have become worldly-minded. And we need to begin to check off some of those things and not let them take priority in our life anymore. This whole nation, and especially here in these two states of Alabama and Georgia, well, I don't know about so much in Georgia, uh, but I know here in Alabama, the main thought is the national championship. National championship. People making plans, parties, get together. Big groups coming together. Just game. And I'm talking about folks that get together for that that won't go to church. <clears throat> yeah. And, and some of them that get together, they're, they're lost to begin with because they're for the wrong team. i got to tell you all this. Bo told me last Sunday, he said, if, if Georgia wins, I'm going to pull for Alabama in that game because I want to see Georgia and Alabama play. But he said if Georgia loses, he said, I'm going to be Clemson all the way. And I said, that's fine. That's okay. Well, I texted him Monday night, and I said, well, you ready to pull for Alabama? Yeah. I said, let me hear a roll tide. He texted back and said, oh, man, that's too much. I said, you promised. He texted me back in small letters said, roll tide. I said, now there, don't that make you feel so much better? He said, it makes me feel like taking a shower. <laughs> oh, man. Is it, is it, do we lose the spiritual mind when we enjoy a ball game? No. But when that ball game is more important to us than God and God's Word and God's Word, then we are earthly minded. Paul has another term for that in the book of Romans. He calls it being carnally minded. And do you know the literal Greek of that says that when we get carnally minded, the literal Greek says meatheads. Moving right along. <laughs> Listen, another thing that this word peace means, not just contentment, not just health and soundness in body, prosperity. A lot of folks say, oh, I don't believe in this prosperity teaching. Well, that's fine. Anything you don't believe in, you'll never be bothered with it. Right? I mean, if you don't believe in God, God's not going to come down and make you believe in Him. The only turmoil you'll have in that is in yourself. So anything that you don't believe in, you're not going to be bothered with it. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. I believe in this prosperity thing. It, it, listen, if for no other reason, I believe because we live in a, a nation of prosperity. If, if nothing but just... In the natural. We live in, in, in a nation that, that has got to be a good nation because everybody in the world wants to come here and take advantage of what we got. I mean, people think that we're well off enough that we can take care of the whole world. I'm glad to see that they're cutting back some to the UN. What, 280-something million dollars that they're going to cut out. And, and then one senator said we need to take some of this foreign aid that we're sending and build a wall with it. I, I clapped for him. I wish he was from Alabama. I'd vote for it. Not just to build a wall, but cutting off all this billions of dollars. And we got people living on the street. we got veterans that can't get health care living on the streets. And folks, you're able to get That's upside down. But think about it. If you work, you're able to get up to go to a job tomorrow. A lot of places they're not doing that. And when they do go, that's a slave place and they make just exactly what little bit they want to pay them which ain't hard enough to get by. 
But I believe in prosperity because it's part of the Word of God. If you'll study the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus taught more about prosperity than He did heaven. So there's nothing wrong with prosperity. The problem is, is that we get to this point to where that all we want out of God's money. Now y'all don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. And then all the time we want money is when we get in a jam and hadn't got any. Oh Lord, I don't know how we're going to make it. Well, you should have been praying that prayer two weeks ago when you had all that money and you're spending it on stuff you didn't need and you wasn't even thinking about tithing and giving offerings and things of that nature. And if you'd have been doing that, then God would be with you in this time two weeks down the road. But He said, I want to increase you financially, your prosperity. Understand, prosperity covers every area of our life. Jeremiah 33, 6. In Jeremiah 33, uh, for years, one of my favorite verses out of there has been verse 3. It said, Call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not of. But you come on down to verse 6. He said, Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. They will have that abundance of peace again, the abundance that he'll give. And, and it refers here, the word abundance refers to a more than ample supply of something. See, that this one word that's translated abundance that we see comes from different Hebrew words. And here, it, 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 it means more than an ample supply of something. And that's what God wants to increase us into. You say, well, why do I need more than what I need? <laughs> that don't sound right, does it? Let me say it again. Why do I need more than what I need? Because then you're able to reach out and minister the things of God to other people. That's what God's called us to. God has not called us to be a savings account. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a savings account. Don't get me wrong. But God's not called us to be a savings account. And that means that we take in everything He gives us and hoard it and then watch the people down the street die and go to hell, go without food, go without proper clothes, go without the things they need, and just so we can hoard up some more. I was so, sort of hoping y'all would help me out with this message this morning. But about having to preach it by myself. <laughs> now y'all are doing good. Y'all just follow with me. He said, but I'll bring in abundance of peace and truth. Truth. Talking about the revelation of the Word of God. In John chapter 8, Jesus said this to those disciples, to those Jews that believed on Him. He said, If you continue in My Word, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, if you properly translated that from the Greek, it would say this, You shall know the truth, and the truth you know shall make you free. We sit here, and we live in a home, and and in a society where we got Bibles, and folks, I believe that this Bible is the book of truth. But just because I've got it, and I believe that, does not set me free until I begin to understand the truth that is in this Word of Truth, and it become a revelation to me. And the only way I'll do that, what J.J. say? The only way I'll do that is to sit and eat Fritos and drink Pepsi. I don't even know why I said that, because I don't drink soft drinks. Anybody here drink Pepsi? Don't raise your hand. And we let our spiritual life go to pot. And we wonder, 
Well, God ain't never showed me nothing like that. Jesus said that if you ask, if you seek, and you knock, it'll come to you. He'll show it to you. He'll reveal it to you. Like I told you last week, folks, there's nothing in this book that God does not want you to know. The secret things that belong to the Lord have not been written down. Everything that's been written in this book, God desires that you and I know everything that we need in this life. And He said, I want to bring in and reveal to them the truth, the abundance of truth, increase in them the revelation of the Word of God. And the way you get that is by study, by prayer, by meditation, by living in the Word of God What's, instead of living in, what's that favorite TV program I always talk about? NCIS. I found, I heard a new one in JJ's devotion talking about, was that naked and afraid? <clears throat> yeah, but you know what's there. <laughs> A few years ago, I was watching this deadliest catch. And man, it was, I was enjoying that catching all that crabs and things and all of that excitement. And every now and then they go beep, 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 beep. And the reader coming there and says, What are you watching? I said, I'm watching this deadliest catch. She said, But listen to it. I said, Well, they're bleeping out all the bad words. She said, Yeah, but you know what they're saying has nothing to do with revelation of the Word of God, okay? But if we would spend, let me tell you, if you would spend as much time every day in the Word as you do in the television or other pursuits, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Revelation knowledge would begin to bloom in you and you would see that increase of peace. You would see that increase, that abundance begin to come in and flow out of you. Folks, we need to realize that God wants to show us. Listen to what He said. He said that I, I will bring it health. There the word health, it means to restore the wholeness. And then he said, and cure. That first word cure means a medicine, a cure, a remedy. God, it, when we'll understand that the revelation of the Word of God is like a medicine to us, folks, a medicine to our spirit, a medicine to our mind, a medicine to our body. In Proverbs, he said, My son, attend to my word, incline thine ear unto my saying. Keep them in the midst of your heart before your eyes because they're life to those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. And then the second word cure there means to mend, to heal, to make whole. Well, preacher, I don't know, you know. And I know, listen, it's so easy. And I've done this, and don't, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but it's so easy for us to make a doctor's appointment and go sit in the doctor's office for an hour waiting to get in and then go in his office and wait for another 30 minutes for the doctor to ever come in. And then take what he says, take his prescription, go to the drugstore and get it filled, and then religiously follow what that prescription says. I'm not against that, okay? Not against it at all. I want you to understand that. But what I'm saying is this. If we would give the Word of God and revelation that He wants to give us in the Word equal time and spend that time in the Word and take it as faithfully and religiously as we would a medicine that we've got to take one or two times or three times a day and take the Word of God. And then when you do take that medicine, take that medicine in the name of Jesus. 
you got to take a shot, take that shot in the name of Jesus. If you go to the doctor, don't go there looking to Him to be the one, looking to Him to be the one that God uses to help you. But your faith and your trust and your confidence is in the healing power of Almighty God. Why? Because you study the Word enough and it becomes a revelation to you in your life. Folks, I'm telling you, this stuff works. Let me tell you what we need. We need to start listening for abundance. We need to start listening for increase. You know the story about Ahab and, and uh, Elijah and how that it came down to where they were in a drought and a famine and Ahab, uh, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove on top of Mount Carmel and that whole contest went off. And it came down to the point to where that, that he turned to Ahab and listen to what he said. He said, get, get ready, eat, drink, Get prepared because I hear the sound of abundance. I hear the sound of abundance. Now, I, I, I've looked at that a lot of times, but I, I don't know. I probably knew this before last night, but somehow or another last night, this just jumped up at me. He said, I hear the sound of abundance before he ever prayed. He didn't pray and wait for the the. the cloud the size of a man's hand before he told Ahab, I hear the sound of abundance. He said, I hear the sound of abundance. He knew the Word of God. He knew that God would send that rain. At His Word, God had done told him that. He knew what God said. Let me tell you, what he, when he said, I hear the sound of abundance, he was prophesying. Get a hold of this. He was prophesying to Ahab about the rain that he believed was coming. We need to begin to prophesy abundance. We need to begin to bring it up before God. Abundance and increase. Lord, I thank you for that. And you say, well, wouldn't that be selfish if I were to do that? It Was it selfish in this situation? No, because when he got abundance, folks, it wasn't just on him. It was on everybody. But listen, he prophesied and then he prayed. What does that mean? Well, that's, that's faith. He prophesied. He spoke what he believed in his heart. Then he put it to practice when he began to pray. And he prayed. He prayed one time. He prayed two times. He prayed three times. And most of us would have quit right there. Well, I prayed. You know, Paul only prayed three times. Now, Paul prayed more than three times. He just talked about the third time God spoke something to him. He prayed the fourth time. Nothing. But he had done prophesied, I hear the sound of abundance, folks. Listen, he was standing on his faith. He put his faith out there to believe God that abundance was going to come. And when he knew when that abundance come, it was going to give increase to all the land, all the animals, all the people, and Israel would bow down and of a truth say, the Lord, He is God. He prayed the fifth time, he prayed the sixth time, and he prayed the seventh time. And that guy come back and said, I see a cloud rising up over the sea the size of a man's hand. And he got up. He said, here it comes. Here it comes. Just like I told you to be. He, he prophesied. He spoke. He spoke increase. He spoke abundance. And then he began to pray about it. He began to pray. He kept that thing going. He got down on the ground, put his head between his knees. And, and I thought to myself, man, that old man be able to do that. He's got, he got my respect, right? And then James comes and tells us, said, the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much because Elijah prayed, the rain stopped, he prayed and it came again. 
prophesy, prophesy, increase and abundance. Begin to speak it. Begin to look at look at your spiritual self and say, spiritual self, I prophesy that in this year you're going to increase. I prophesy to my mind that my mental capacities and ability are going to increase. I prophesy to my body wellness and wholeness and soundness. And I, I prophesy to my finances to be full and running over so that I have and to, for what I need and be able to give to others. I prophesy that. I prophesy to my family to be at peace and to be in, be in love with each other. Prophesy to them and then pray. Bring that thing up before God, folks. And don't quit. Don't give up until you see it come to pass. Hallelujah. Then one other. Another word. i got a few more minutes. We'll still get out early. Another word that, that contains the thought of increase is the word enlarge. Enlarge. It, the word enlarge is not used many times in the Scripture. I sat there that day and I was thinking about words. And, and so I looked up this word enlarge. And like I said, it's not used many times in the Scripture, but one time that it is used just really spoke to me. In First Chronicles chapter 4, Verses 9 and 10. Right in the middle, see, you probably may not have read this because usually most folks in their reading through the Bible in a the year, they skip over these chapters in, in First Chronicles because of all these names and they're hard names, hard names, hard names, hard names, hard names, hard names. A lot of those names have, well, all of them have meanings and some of them, you know, you can find some stuff in it. But all, all the way it starts with Adam and it comes down through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of these others that, that was fit in there and come in. And we come down to chapter 4 and verse 9 and instead of just having a name, we're introduced, we're introduced to a fellow and for the first time there's a postscript about somebody and all of this stuff going down through here. And it says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brother, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. I said, like I said, all those names meant something. And you, you think, well, man, as much trouble as I've had in my life, maybe my name ought to have been Jabez. Well, if you feel that way, I've got some wonderful news for you today. You don't have to bear that. See, can you imagine? It, it, I'm thinking about sort of like uh, the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. Can you imagine showing up at at school, when you was going into, especially, well, let's just skip through grammar school because you might could have squeezed by it then. But here you're going into to, uh, the sixth grade. And you go in there and the teacher wants everybody to introduce herself and you'll say, my name's Sue. And it's not short for anything. Just Sue. You'd have a tough time at recess. It'd be a tough day at school. Well, because that Jabez's name meant that he caused me sorrow, he had this probably this kind of thing to put up with. Don't know what the sorrow was, if it was pain while she carried him, pain in the birth, maybe it was a breech birth, maybe her husband died or left her during the time. We don't know, but we do know that she said Jabez brought me sorrow. So Jabez had that. But then Jabez got a hold of something. He got a hold of the Word of God, and he found out that God took people that were, that were looked down upon by society 
and would raise them up. And he did that time after time. You look at it through the Bible. Time after time after time. People that society a lot of times looked down on them became the champions that led God's people. In verse 10 it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. The audacity of this man. To say, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. And and, and I was reading this, that this term indeed in the Hebrew language is like putting a whole bunch of exclamation marks behind this. And and it should be translated this way, Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. And while you're blessing me, I mean really bless me. That's being pretty bold, preacher. I believe God's looking for some bold people nowadays. I believe He's looking for some people to stand up in faith and not begin to order God, but begin to claim our inheritance that we have because of what Jesus did for us. And listen to the next word He says, And enlarge my coast. Increase what I have. Increase my land. Increase my, my, the, everything around me. Increase it. And that thou, thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And get a hold of this. And God granted him that which he requested. When's the last time that you could hold up your hand and say, well, God granted me what I requested? Jabez could. Any of y'all heard from God lately? Jabez, yeah. God granted me what I requested. He's blessed me. Oh, and how he's blessed me. And he's enlarged my coast. He's gave me more than I could ever imagine that I would have had through any kind of inheritance. And He's kept me from evil. You know, most of us, we talk about uh, that faults and failures that we have. Jabez, he'd talk about how God kept him from evil and kept him from fear and kept him from all this. Why? Because God heard him and God answered him and gave him his request. Why? Because he believed that it was God's will to increase in every area of his life, and he stood upon that. See, we need to begin to say, God, enlarge the borders of my spiritual life. Let me grow bigger spiritually than I've ever been before. Oh, I think about, Lord, I want to grow bigger spiritually than I am physically. Enlarge the borders of my health. Enlarge... The borders of my influence. There's there's for something that we need to do because for so many of us we don't have much influence on people. We you know we it's so many times it's our four no more our little circle and that's where we are. And if we go here to church, if we go to Walmart, if we go uh, to a ball game, if we go somewhere else, then it's our little circle. And folks, our influence ought to begin to reach out to touch other people, to minister to other people, to open our eyes to see other people that are hurting people that have needs, and and that we begin to say, Lord, I thank you for increase of my uh, influence, that my influence gets out bigger. Not that I can have a name. No, because I'm going to tell you, when you ask God to increase your border of influence, then you're going to stand up one day and say like John did, I've got to decrease so he can increase. Because people are going to begin to see Christ in your life because that influence, that godly influence, is going to begin to flow out to others. God, increase the borders of my joy, my peace, everything that concerns me. Listen, folks, 
Jabez prayed a prayer for increase, and he got it. What are we going to do? Are we still going to sit around and act like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know, preacher. I, I don't know if that's for me or not. It's for you. It's for me. It's for every one of us. There's none of us that it's not for today, folks. The increase of God. Listen. If Jesus is Lord of your life, you've been born again, He's your Lord and Savior, and I'm here to tell you today, you're set up for increase. And the thing that you need to do is begin to prophesy increase and pray. Pray. Pray for that increase to come. In every area of your life, whatever you need it in. Now listen, folks. If you're struggling spiritually, don't start praying for God to bless you financially. Well, I thought He wanted to do that. Listen, the most important part of your life is your spiritual being. If you're struggling spiritually, you need to begin to pray, God, help me enlarge my borders spiritually. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, that's where you need to start. If you've been saved and got away from Him, you need to come back to Him. And pray, God, increase, increase, enlarge my borders. In, enlarge my spiritual life. I want to be what you want me to be. God desires to do that. Remember this. Everything with life in it that God made, with life in it, and that includes every one of you sitting in this room, you have life in you. You may feel half dead, but you're half alive. I heard this the other day. People get, they look at the glass and say, is the glass half full or half empty? I'm not worried about that because he said your cup will overflow. That's what I'm looking for. But listen, you have life in you. It's God's desire to increase in every area of your life. So bow your heads with me for a moment. Father.